Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwynn, and the Insider Crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Porsche Club Insider episode 97. Around the table, we have our normal cast and crew, Manny Albin, Damon Lowney, Robert Forsyth at the controls. But we have a very special guest, someone that's near and dear to our hearts, someone that we often see on Saturday mornings, and that is William Williams, founder of Hunt Valley Horsepower. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, everybody. And uh, as a regular viewer, Monday... 6 a.m. is a big deal at the Hot Valley Horsepower <laughs> office. And uh, you, you guys are always on the background. As much as I try to pay attention with a lot of my keys fluttering, I'm a huge fan. Number, I, number one fan. I will fight for that. And you know what? <laughs> I know you're saying that not just because you're here, because uh, over the past couple of years, as we've had the, several episodes, you referenced the episodes yes. when we're together at uh, the show on Saturday. So thank you very much for your support from the very beginning. Well, I appreciate you guys. You, you, again, amazing job here. You know, it's a, it's a true honor to be here. Thank you. So today we'll talk about how event like yours and car shows um, that are a little bit, you know, as Manny said, what a decade, maybe a decade and a half ago, didn't really exist. These car shows, 15, scenes, 20 years 15, ago, twenty years ago, cars and coffee was not in our vernacular. It's not yeah. something we uh, said until you know that that little event started. I think in Irvine, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems so uh, easy. And like, how did we not think of this? But um, no, before you had to have an organized car show and bring uh, donuts and bring coffee and everything was organized and you had to register ahead of time. And uh, cars and coffee changed that whole uh, culture where you could just show up, get your uh, hang out with your friends for a couple hours and then be home if you had honey do stuff to do um, or you didn't want to lose your whole Saturday at a car show. Uh, and still get your car fixed every week. And, you know, a lot of times people, when they say to me, oh, you know, the car culture is not as strong as it used to be. Kids are not into cars and blah, 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 blah. I go, there is so much more for a car enthusiast to do today than there was 10, 15 years ago. And it's because oh, of yeah. grassroots efforts such as this that... You know, no matter what make you follow, you can go and find your enthusiast friends or make enthusiast friends at these events. So I, I always, you know, that's my counterpoint to people is just any given Saturday or Sunday. There's tons of places to go to. And in high school here in Howard County, the only place that I had was uh, they called it the Church of Holy Donuts in Burtonsville. And it was mostly the older hot rod guys. And, um, you know, they were still very welcoming, but it was it was and never it, it's never been sort of as big as a you know what we know today as a cars and coffee. I mean, there were cruises, but the cruises, cruises were always yeah. limited to uh, hot rods. So if you had a Honda or you had a Porsche, or you never felt welcomed. Yeah, because I know what people are very nice, but it was just you didn't see other Hondas or Porsches or whatnot uh, right. at the at the cruising. So you would say, well, maybe this is not for me, and that still exists to to a certain point. Um, but yeah, I think overall, cars and coffee is a great. Uh, Ways for enthusiasts to um, get their car fixed. So, Will, join in the conversation. Yeah. Whatever topic we may be, um, you know, covering, just feel free to jump in. And uh, let's start with uh, what we did last week. Uh, last week here, it was going to snow. They called for tons of snow, so much so that uh, the few faithful that showed up to Cars and Coffee with Will, uh, we all drove our daily drivers uh, with winter tires and the parking lot. Uh, 
They called for, I think, an inch, and we got a half inch of salt. Oh. <laughs> no snow, just it, a lot of lot, and they went. Hot Valley went heavy on uh, yeah on, on that white stuff on the parking lot, um, which everyone was glad they didn't bring their portions. But some people, diehards, showed up. Uh, the one older guy showed up in the uh, like thirties or forties hot rod with yeah, no, no convertible top. That was a, yeah, Frank with a thirty two Ford and uh, just puts his knit you know, his uh, winter hat on and uh, he pre- his limits about fifteen degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, and uh, that's diehard. that's the edge. Of, yeah, but he's eighty six years old. Yeah, lovely guy. He's been to probably 500 out of the 600 Hunt Valley horsepowers. Oh, man. He's a lovely guy. So yeah, we went, uh, we, we, we uh, hung out for about 10 minutes and then we went inside and uh, spent two hours. I think this time we went to Panera and we spent two hours uh, solving all the world's automotive problems. Get your charged lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it to, uh, who was it? I said, uh, I don't drink coffee. And I said, oh, you should try uh, the lemonade then. And the girl behind the counter smirked. And <laughs> so they still Cars offer lemonade. Yes, yeah, so it's offer. behind the counter, and, uh-huh. and yeah, uh, you can't just pour it yourself anymore. I oh guess. Gosh. Yeah, they had a regular <laughs> lemonade that's no caffeine. But if you uh, if you're prior to Red Bull or like uh, Monster, or, yeah, I, you I get the up, uh, charged I gave lemonade. Up all that stuff. I used to drink Celsius. I used to drink Red Bulls and Monsters and all that stuff. And after uh, my little stint incident, and I don't even know if it would matter. But I just I, I, I can tell you and there's not a cardiac doctor that I've met that likes to hear the term. My heart starts racing when I drink this. <laughs> <laughs> so I've give I've given it up and uh, I still, you know, coffee and tea, but that's about it. How about you? Yeah, anyway. I did a little bit of car stuff. Um, so I replaced the coil pack connectors on the wiring harness for the Camry. Oh, and uh, so they just I thought I would be soldering, but. And I have known nothing about electrical stuff, so I'm learning. But you have these like little sleeves where you put one end in, the other, mm-hmm. and then you crimp it. Yeah, but they're called blood the, connectors. My crimp, my crimping technique is, has a lot oh. to be desired, but but it worked, you know. Um, so I started the car up, went on a drive around. Um, so I go kind of deeper into the peninsula on Dundalk, and there's like a, a, a straight road sort of back towards a brewery where there's nothing there, there's nobody except i guess at night you know semi truck drivers sleeping mm. on the side so they probably hated me with my exhaust but i went and scraped all the rust off the brake discs and everything and drove it around and i felt uh you know i'm gonna go get some gas it's half a tank that tank has been in there since july since i parked it and uh turned the car off filled up the car wouldn't turn back on oh no <laughs> so the problem's still there and I waited around for 10, 15 minutes to see if, if it cooled down, it would work, and it didn't. And then I figured, well, I'll just hold the key and the starter for like four or five seconds instead of just letting it rev up. Because mm-hmm. it would rev up and then stall. Mm. It wouldn't even idle. And it caught. It idled fine. Drives perfectly. So there's something going on that so, I'm going to have to search. So why did you have to use butt connectors to replace coil packs? Doesn't just Not the coil, the coil pack. The connectors on the wiring harness side. The con- oh, oh, so the connect to the coil packs. One of them was broken and they're old. And um, I see, I see. A video I watched, a guy went through, had the same problem as me, a mechanic, and he mm-hmm. went through all these diagnostic. And after trying four or five different things, it was just a, a bad the bad connector, connector that connects to the yeah. coil pack. So I figured, you know, cheap enough, I'll give it a try. And but that wasn't it. I don't think it's something else. So can you buy just the connector? And yeah, yeah, I bought three, oh, okay, three. six yeah. cylinder, but one connector, one coil pack. It also goes back around to the other uh, firewall side of the engine. So three so connectors. Nice. Used to update the listeners on their uh, <laughs> non their biggest yeah. POSs. Yeah, uh, that uh, it's a great car. That only worth what parts they put into it that right. week. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so if you don't know, it's a, it's a 98 Camry V6 manual with a no muffler. But here, oh, here, so it has a resonator, but no muffler. But no muffler it was never – wasn't yeah. an option for yeah. Toyota. It's just something that happened. It would like rust it off anyway. So, so not, not good for Hunt Valley horsepower. Yeah. It's not that loud. Okay. Yeah, it's actually – I you think it would be call. fine. Yeah, it's not that loud. Because it's not pushing, pushing too much volume It's not nearly as loud as you think it would be. But he would be frowned upon if he parked on the main drag. Of Hunt Valley horsepower because Radwood it would work. It has a hole. In, well, I don't know. Radwood has some uh, standards. Standards too. <laughs> it has a hole in the uh, hood yeah. from rust that really baffled the uh, guys at uh, the engineers from Porsche because they were amazed at what America allows on their highways. I drove uh, to Amelia <laughs> Island and yeah. Okay. So, so to to, but, to turn this educational, yeah. turn this into educational. So the little butt connectors that you're talking about, where you yeah. go end to end. And it's a plastic barrel, right? If you look at this, if you look into the barrel, you will see where the metal kind of has a seam. It mm-hmm. has like the split at the top, right? Yeah. So when you use your crimping tool, where it should squeeze that that is on that little divot. It should be at the top, so that way when it crushes, it kind of crushes into the yeah. wire. And that's just been yeah. that's how I was taught. I'm yeah. assuming that's the right way because I I've done thousands of yeah. car stereos with those kind. I have one of those kind of basic flat uh, crimpers and wire cutters and the end where you crimp it's too thick to go in between the, mm. the coil pack wire so it was just very i just crimp 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 <laughs> you know in each one it was really so this is but... educational for high mileage toyota <laughs> exactly <laughs> not porsche people but, uh, on, have the, to crimp something on the porsche side um so i mentioned in the last podcast that i was putting in 82 millimeter ipd competition plenum in with the 82 millimeter throttle body that's required and the stock 987.1 air oil separator, the motorsports version, the way they route the new set of tubes makes it so it won't fit. Uh, it won't connect to the AOS because it has to go underneath the throttle body, which is now m- mounted on the plenum. And uh, after I, fi- I got to speak with Greg from IPD, and uh, great guy, he's going to be helping me out. But basically, they have not seen my setup before and didn't design for it. So um, whether he's asking some of his friends and colleagues, I'm sure, to see if they um, found a solution for this. Because I can't imagine uh, if a motorsport air oil separator, and that is it, that's over the, it should be going under the plenum. But mm-hmm. it obviously doesn't reach reach the AOS if it goes over the top. But um, I'm going to have to either see if he knows somebody who has a solution like using some other AOS tube that might fit the motorsport. AOS, or more likely, it sounds like I'll be taking it so, to so Cauliflower so and having a custom. So that tube there, is that hard plastic or is that Yeah, rubber? it's a hard plastic. Um, it has, as you can see, some little accordion yeah. things. So they don't. it doesn't bend a lot, and it is plastic. So why, why couldn't you, say, cut where the hard plastic is and oversize tube and then do two clamps on the end just to extend it? I might be able to. Um, it's a vacuum. Um, I've thought about that. I've thought about taking the fittings off of, and if, if I don't hear from Greg from IPD about a solution, then it sounds like maybe pulling the connectors off the AOS tubes off, then taking it to a local hoses and fitting shop okay. to have them fab Make up a custom. One. That's probably the tube. best way to do it. But yeah. I told, I would, I mean, yeah, I would, so, I would chop it and then just take a, yeah. And see if it works. And worst that happens is the vacuum isn't sealed and I just try again, yeah. but, but we'll see. We'll see. But but yeah, so um, I am 
sounds like maybe working with uh, IPD about a solution for us 987 owners who have the Motorsport AOS. There you go. So, so that's well, what I did. You give up 99% of your Saturdays. Right. So do you I think you give up every Saturday? Every don't you? Saturday since March thirty first, two thousand twelve. So yeah, do you, so do your your car time, your fun time, does that is that reserved for Sunday or you try to do that during the week? I or? try. Yeah. A lot of people try to pull me out of Hunt Valley Horsepower and have an extended Saturday. Yeah. It's like jumping off uh like a concert stage where your yeah, peak activity, peak attention, peak emotion. And um, and then all of a sudden you almost just want to crash when you're off stage. Yeah. So when they're picking me up and say, "Hey, let's go to the Eastern Shore," um, you know, or something, or it involves a long drive, I that's when I hit the coffee. Yeah. It's not in the morning because I'm already jazzed up or right, fired right, up. Right. And um, uh, to that point, yeah, that's really it. It's uh, that Saturday afternoon, you know, late late morning, uh, and Sundays, sure, sure. I don't, you know, again, this is really really my full time lifestyle mm-hmm. so whenever things are happening you know i'm typically out there but i'm typically doing car stuff stem to stern but i like that little rest you know kind of like late late after you know late afternoon on uh on and Saturdays. you drive a uh what kind of bmw i, I know it's white and it has wheel on the license it's e90 plate. isn't it yeah uh, e92 e92, yeah, e92 okay. yeah e90 class but uh e92 uh it's 335 x drive m sport nice. and uh the, the will license plate was kind of lucky I would have to say, <laughs> I, I went down to the DMV and they said, "Oh, you're the VIP that is uh, had a reserved Will." And at that time, Will Smith was bought, looking at buying. Well, Jada Pinkett with Will Smith was looking what? at buying Cal yeah, Ripken's yeah. home. What? And um, and eventually, our good friend through Hunt Valley Horsepower, the Oriole Adam Jones, eventually bought it. Oh, sorry about that. And uh, as I'm getting a yeah. Demonstrative, but uh, to that point, it's um, yeah. So that license plate say, "Oh, so you're not the VIP?" Yeah. No, you should say, uh, "Yes, uh, you I are. am. I am." You yeah, should have yeah, gotten yeah. like, "Will I am?" Well, they, yeah, they, right? they said, "Well, it's illegal for us to you know hold it." So you're here, you get it, and nice. um, yeah, drove out of the DMV, parked in front of you know Cal's house, Cal's old house, and five cars stop. Said, "Oh, you, are you the publicist of Will, for Will Smith?" Oh no way! <laughs> Apparently, it was all over the news that yeah. they were looking to buy that house, and I'm like, "I'm just a guy, just <laughs> I'm a guy, just Will, I'm just, just Will. a guy." Yeah, same name, but yeah, uh, yeah just a guy. Hey, if Will Smith is listening, sorry, uh, Will. Na- name your price, sorry, Will. Will. Sorry, uh, about how much? Yeah, you want for the license yeah. plate? <laughs> Ten grand starting. So, so let, let's uh, go back a little bit. Yeah. Um, and and how uh, you know, I wanted to to bring Will on because. He's he created uh, the Hunt Valley, uh, not called Cards and Coffee, but we call it Cards and Coffee. And then you had Boo, who created an event uh, called Mikey and Mel's. Uh, they call it Cruise, but everybody refers to it Mikey and Mel's, which so is fun the name fact, of a deli. I didn't realize Boo had created that until you, like you got to get out of the house more <laughs> often on weekends. Uh, but, so, but, so why don't, why don't, why don't, before you start though, for the listeners, why don't you give us give them a little bit of education on what happened to and why many events are not called Cars and Coffee? Uh, Cars and Coffee is copyrighted. That's it. I yeah, believe by the folks who started it in uh, Irvine. Mm-hmm. It was at a, I forgot, was it a Toyota parking lot or Nissan or Honda? Or I don't remember. It was somebody's, uh, I thought it was a car. Uh, might have been a Ford and Mazda parking Mazda lot. Mazda one was, Ford yeah. Mazda. Um, After they moved from the Cove. I remember seeing pictures of it and it was like, seemed like a sea of sea different of cars. cars. And I thought this is the coolest thing ever because you'd see everyone was bringing out their rare car and you'd have like GT40 showing up 
and uh, it was like, uh, I got to get there someday. I never made it, but um, then you started seeing them popping up around the country as that same formula. But uh, yeah, Cars and Coffee um, is copyrighted, so that's why you see uh, Cars and Octane or Cars and Cappuccino or whatever uh, uh, clever uh, thing. But uh, <clears throat> Mikey Mel's, um, I never really considered a Cars and Coffee, particularly because they started... When they initially started, they started like at 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. So it was a great uh, segue for after the uh, Hunt Valley event. But going back, so, uh, Will, when did you start Hunt Valley? Because a lot of people think it's been there forever, and um, it wasn't. Uh, for the longest time, Hunt Valley uh, was a mall, and they transformed over to an outdoor type of shopping center. And I always like to joke that the lot that um, we actually gather for uh, – cars and coffee uh, we had used for midnight autocrossing at one time and that's back when the whole side of the mall was a big parking lot and um one of our uh, members in our club knew the owner or the uh, manager of the, the mall and he let us come at midnight and do an autocross for four hours and so fast forward and now we're ga- gathering these big gatherings so will how, how did this start uh, because Nobody was gathering prior to this, right? No, it was really just a small coffee shop just to the north of Hunt Valley Town Center, uh, the filling station. Uh, they said maybe 10 of us used to get together. They, and they said it might be a few uh, like you know, marauders, like old police interceptors, uh, maybe a Ferrari or two, a handful of Porsches, and that was it. And they, they were trying to deal with the town center. And the word after I started, they said, how did you break the code to deal with them? Because we couldn't understand what it took, the rules, the commitment, and things like that. So I can tell you exactly when I started thinking about it. It was 2011, and I was um, you know, working uh, employee health care for Beckton Dickinson. I ran that program for about 10 years, and that's what brought me to the state in 2003. And it came out to the point where I had a bad back injury. I was uh, training somebody for mixed martial arts. I was, you know, we were able to box at that location. We weren't throwing people, you know, in, in a corporate environment, but we were able to box. He was very excited to, to work with me. And uh, he, I would say he's probably a 40-year-old man with a 15-year-old sensibility with his hands mm. and hit me when I was just going through my papers, not seeing him, and I hit up against the door frame. I actually broke my S1 in my mm. lower back, non-displaced, but it came to a point where I wasn't, I, I didn't have like a hospital stay or anything like that. But as a healthcare guy, as a real physically fit guy back in the day, you know, before the, before the gray showed up, <laughs> mm. um, you know, it was really a commitment for me. But it came to a point where if I'm going to become maybe now a, a manager in a, in a big office instead of the active guy, I need a new hobby. Mm. All right. And uh, it was that moment. Those, I think, two months, I was still going to work. And over those two months, over those weekends, I decided to say, hey, what is this hobby? Well, in cars, it was perfect. You know, and I looked around, and there wasn't a Cars and Coffee within 40 miles of Hunt Valley. There was Columbia, I believe. I believe there was uh, the Holy Donut. Holy Donuts, yeah. And, uh, and Katie's. Katie's, but that's yeah. really far away. Yeah. Yes, very far away. And then in Pennsylvania, you'd have to go all the way up to Shrewsbury. So there was nothing in 40 miles. Mm. So I started talking around. I went to all the, back when message boards were cool. Uh, you know, I'd start up my Hunt Valley horsepower or Hunt Valley cars and coffee account. That's what it started as. Mm-hmm. It took about a year to change over. That's a whole other story. But uh, just to gauge the interest, do we have enough interest within 40 miles or 60 miles of Hunt Valley? 
to say that we could do something maybe every week or maybe once a week or what once a month or maybe twice a month. So the feedback was extraordinary to say, hey, we need something at home close by. Oh, and by the way, good luck in dealing with the property because mm-hmm. we're not sure how to break that code. And uh, But it came out to the point where there was enough interest and actually a private investigator from a local county uh, you know, in, on the police force, he says, you know, well, maybe you should make a flyer. Maybe, you know, I'll follow you around. We'll put it on some nice cars. That wasn't exactly the best idea. That was actually my introduction to the management mm. at, uh, at Hunt Valley Town Center. Greenberg Gibbons, they're fantastic. Uh, but I met their asset manager. They were holding the what one flyer. <laughs> what, is they, what is this? Will? What is this five by seven card with this uh, yeah. Ford GT on it with a, a potential event on our property that we haven't heard about yet? Mm-hmm. I said, well, that was the litmus test to see if there was enough interest to, to now speak with you. And again, right then and there, half an hour later, they said, Will, we love your idea. You know, what's your first day? Oh, wow. Nice. And uh, I said, well, it's, it's on that card, March 31st, 2012, 7.30 to 9.30. That's back in the day when Best Buy was still there. So uh, we, we had different opening times. So I wanted to make sure that we weren't encroaching upon a 10 o'clock time for the non-food merchants. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, now we have, back in the day, it was Caribou Coffee. That was before Joe's Crab Shack and things like that, you know, what, what is now Iron Rooster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea was to incentivize the property and say, hey, there is value here. You know, the people can, you know, love this, you know, property and, you know, they can love the community, love their vehicles, you know, and, um, but they can also contribute to the value of the property because that's what the property wants to hear. Did you um, do your research before handing those flyers out and getting that impromptu meeting in the sense that had you already looked up, you know, which stores are opening, which part of the parking lot? So it sounds like that they recognize that yeah. right off the bat. Yeah, and they, I, I think it's something that was, again, in 2000, that, again, that was early 2012 uh, with that, uh, you know, jump in meeting. Wow, everyone's here. I mean, they said, well, this is the perfect time for you not to to just jump in because everyone's here to make this decision. But uh, yeah, they, that was the idea. Caribou coffee was going to be really the hub. And, um, you know, they had heard mildly about cars and coffee, the idea, but when, within that half an hour, it was like my elevator pitch to say, this can be something great. And, and I wasn't sure yet if it was going to be a weekly or it was going to be a monthly or anything like that. Um, but over time I said, you know what? I had heard actually from Paul Cito from BMW CCA. I ran into him on a random BWI uh, run because they were all, go- all going to Dallas for their big, uh, big uh, I think, yearly. And he said, you know what? Do it every week because people won't need to know when it is. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. point. True. Yeah. So, and again, that's the, the idea now. Thanks, Paul. Uh, the, uh, Great the, idea. The idea of, you know, really having it rain or shine was really, you know, a cinch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they loved it from the fact that we can then make their coffee shop extremely popular. And when Pete's Coffee bought out a bunch of caribous, um, Pete's Coffee is now resident there. Their, their Pete's Coffee became the number one co- Pete's Coffee in the United States. Nice. Really? During wow. that time. Yeah, absolutely. During that time, and uh, Iron Rooster, when they bought out uh, Joe's Crab Shack, uh, they came during um, one of our Toys or Tots events. And at the time, we were the number one county for Toys or Tots on the East Coast. And the, the uh, business development director, he goes, Will, you don't know me from a hill of beans, but we're doing business together. And, you know, again, we had a great relationship in helping open Iron Rooster. 
So that is, I think, you know, the, the physical matter beyond all the physical you see. You know, they were very impressed with the amount of, you know, flow through, I guess, or whatever they said, a lot of feet, a lot of interested eyes. Even if you're not buying coffee, you might be, you know, buying a shower curtain at Burlington when you're done, or you might be food shopping at Wegmans. I'm not name dropping, but, you know, that's a... Or you, know, you can bring your significant other who may not be a car person, and they can go shopping because it's a huge shopping area, and you're not pressured. It's not like a cars and coffee in the middle of nowhere with nothing to... uh to do uh, it's also worth mentioning for both Mikey Mel's and Hunt Valley is they're both in an area that's affluent within 20 miles so there's um, a lot of nice exotic cars for the pickings where the owners it isn't a long drive right. I mean for me uh, cars and coffee is like a 35 minute drive because I live in Hartford County which isn't the affluent part of the state but uh, to me it's not a big deal at all to drive 35 minutes to it but for a lot of people it's an easy drive they can bring out their cool cars that they probably wouldn't drive on the interstate they just take the back roads to um to these events um so all right we hear how hunt valley gets started mikey mel's not as old as hunt valley uh but uh it, it was a hit right from when it started so mikey mel's is a deli owned by two brothers yep um, and uh, I guess did they want to have more exposure for the deli? Is that why they wanted to have this cruise? Yeah, uh, basically that's 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 it. Um, two brothers that are really into cars. They own Mikey and Mel's Deli, um, the property managers. And, and, and before I get into Mikey and Mel's, the reason why I was so excited when, when Manny said he wanted to bring you on and talk about cars and coffee is because I want to give props to not only you, but to all the organize out there organizers out there that run a cars and coffee type event because you know manny mentioned earlier about you know cars and coffee just as a is an organic thing that people gather and this that and the other which is true for the participant but for the organizer it is actually a very much choreographed dance that we do every time we put on an event when it comes to the flow of traffic to watching you know, making sure no hooligans do things, how the cars are parked, making sure people drive, you know, at a rate where they're not going to hit someone like it, like the stress level for event organizers is peak, peak, peak for the first, at least, you know, half of the event. And, um, you know, you have to have the support of the people that allow you to have the event there. So well, I guess, again, I was just excited that this topic was going to come up because I want people to realize that it just doesn't doesn't just kind of happen. There's somebody behind the scenes making sure that all the ducks in the row, that people can have a safe place to bring their car, have a good time and also be able to come back because so many people come and goodness gracious, I don't need to hear your exhaust. I mean, there's 500 cars here. I'm sure it's a great exhaust, but you don't need to hit the rev limiter and let it bounce there and do, you know, whatever. It's just, it's just unnecessary. And and what I love is you can tell who the veteran goers are because they get that. But sometimes you get the young and old that may not know sort of the, the um, <laughs> let's say, the, uh, the proper etiquette at Cars and Coffee. It's, it's the, well, and that happens anything from motocross to yeah. uh, a concord. It's the non-regulars. It's the people that aren't really part of the community. That's right. Uh, because it, either Mikey Mel's or Hunt Valley, if you're part of the community, you know yeah. you're not going to do anything to jeopardize this lot because you may lose it. You right. know how valuable these, and, these type of lots are. And that's what people don't realize. It only takes one knucklehead, 
to ruin it for all of us because they might either get into an accident or somebody in the neighborhood complains. And so we all have to do a better job of making sure everyone understands that etiquette. So anyways, so that's, before we go that, into yeah, a tangent yeah, for that, yeah. uh, so quick history of uh, Mikey and Mel's. Yeah. So uh, again, Mikey and Mel's Deli, uh, the two brothers opened up a deli in Maple Lawn, which is a, a community in this area. And they had access to a beautiful size lot. And they said, you know, we would love to you know, bring a group of people, see the nice cars. They themselves have nice cars. And we wanted to do something in the morning to take advantage um, of the deli. Now, what's different from what you do is you do it every week. Obviously, I don't have the bandwidth. Like, they asked for my help because I know, you know, I, I, I do events for PCA. And I said, look, I could give you maybe one one weekend a month. And I'm going to be very specific on how it's done. One is I'm very respectful of Hunt Valley horsepower and Katie's. And I said, I don't want to do something that is going to be right, you know, dab at the same you know, uh, times that they do things. And also, my goal was to bring a little bit younger of a crowd. And my brother's a perfect example. Nothing against Katie's or you uh, at Hunt Valley, but he will never wake up at 6 30 7 mm -hmm. o'clock to go to a car show he will never do that it's just his age and the, his thought processes but he might he might wake up at nine o'clock to be there at 10 o'clock um so it's definitely a later show it's still i've never seen your brother at a car show i know it's uh, he, he might he might i said <laughs> theoretically theoretically what o'clock what o'clock would be the what, uh, if it happens but you can no, see. use me I, getting up at seven on a weekend not really only, my thing only for autocross, autocross only for autocross um but yeah but you can see the 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 demographic shift every hour that you have the show later in fact i've mentioned that i do uh i go to a, a buddy's show called sunset cars and coffee um that doesn't start until like four five o'clock and runs till dusk and that is even you know the age drops like by 20 20 years but again you know the whole idea is people come out relax have fun we you know we have music we have a charity that we support and it's only for what two hours of so ten, three well, three hours. Let me let me go yeah. from a participant's point of view. Uh, much like I used to think PCA people only did this, but evidently it's all car people. Uh, it starts at ten. Oh, they start showing up at eight. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Because I've come at eight sometimes to help him out when initially. Yeah, and you would see all these people starting to come in. I'm like, I thought this starts at ten. Yeah, it, and by ten o'clock it was already full. If you showed up at ten o'clock, you were. Parking, well, which uh, bring to the next question, so people have an idea of the size of these both events. How many parking spots are available? In, uh, in, the, in our main lot, we have about 450. 450. What about yeah. you, Will? How many? I would say in the extended area, about 700. And right, there, 700. Are, there are occasions where you can accommodate more just in different parts of the property. Yeah. So Mikey Mills is, uh, I believe, pure commercial. You have no residential. It's area. a commercial lot. Yeah, yeah so it's it's, it's, it's but it's every it's, corner it's adjacent as, to a neighborhood so it we are sensitive to that because now well when we started we didn't have residential but then midway through yeah, i remember they built correct. the condominium so of course we all panicked because we thought this is the end of uh our event because the people are, who live there no way are they going to put up with people showing up at 637 in the morning yeah and that was four years into it and that added a vertical amphitheater effect mm. so the exhaust notes that were a little bit offensive yeah became that 
you know, it was now like, you have wow, reverb. <laughs> it is a little bit more of a concert set. Yeah. And uh, before that idea with uh, the uh, apartments, you used to be able to drive around the property. There was a point back in 2015 for when I had anniversaries mm-hmm. to imagine 3,000 cars were there that, that oh, morning. Oh, my gosh. And um, the state police called me from the interstate and says, Will, you don't know where I'm standing. I know where you are. Mm. We have a two-mile backup on the interstate. Get your gates moving. And that's yeah. when we, that was the official, like, 730, allow people into the main parking area. And they put their the state police helicopter over the top. Mm. They, you know, they all knew about it. I had, I think, uh, nine policemen as uh, policemen volunteers for the day. And, uh, of course, nine security people and things like that and a bunch of our community folks. And they took that photo. And they're not – I, I would have loved to have it here, but they said – that's for the state records. I think we might have put that up on the wall. But uh, they said that was it was an amazing day. But to those extents, I don't want 3,000 cars. No, no, not at all. Uh, but the property broke records with mm-hmm. coffee sales, breakfast sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the, uh, the less than attached merchants, again, your Burlington's, your Marshall's, they had people flying through their doors. So it's to that extent we're serving the idea of, well, you're not going to be able to, you don't need to shop online, come here, make a morning of it, have an actual coffee, you know, not something you're getting mailed to your door, uh, you know, or just make a nice day out of it. So I I guess it brings to the next question. Um, And this is for people who are thinking about starting their own event and they they see a lot and they say, this is perfect for a uh, cars and coffee. Um, How do you deal with your neighbors? Uh, Is there, um, especially, I guess, the neighbors who may not be so enthusiastic about your event as uh, other ones. Like the coffee shops are no-brainer. I can't imagine Panera or uh, Pete's not liking having all those cars in the morning and all those people who otherwise, like me, I would not be at Pete's that early that at, at all that day if it wasn't for this car event. Um, so, so I'll, how, how I'll, I'll, I'll start. So I think if you're looking for a spot to have it, you have to look at what is going on at that location during the time that you're proposing to have your show and you, uh, you know you you know if hopefully it's empty and you're not going to encroach and and you know bring up bring a crowd where it's going to create a parking issue for people that are trying to do regular business and so in mikey mel's case it's a business park and the the main part of the lot serves a commercial office building that those people aren't there during the weekends but what is there during the weekends is there's a gas station that sells you know obviously gas but concessions uh and then they have multiple restaurants and all of them would love to have a mass of people come on the weekends to you know um to build their business the the other thing is you you also have to make sure that the the owners of of the um the facility knows exactly what you're doing and in our case we not only told them but we also went to the howard county police and said here's what we're doing we actually asked them to take a look at our traffic flow and say this is what we're proposing we'll do it you know for the first couple times if it works out great if not we can kind of change that flow um and and of course the the biggest thing for for all of us when you're having an event like this because you have all these cars coming you have pedestrians that's not, is you have to have proper insurance and i know a lot of times people try to put together and you know a, a a a casual gathering and this that and the other but once it gets to a certain size and you're expected to run this event you need to make sure you have proper coverage to protect yourself and whatever organization you might be representing that's it and yeah. uh you know again the way that it happened at hunt valley i just had to make sure there was enough space 
you're not encroaching upon, you know, with business that the businesses that, that are open, you know, they have enough room to park for their employees. That's the mm-hmm. big thing yep. early. It's yep. their employees. Even if they're not open, their employees need space. And when you start talking about, you know, 400, 500, 600, some of the mornings we may have up, upwards of 1,100 vehicles, uh, not all parking in that lower bowl, but they're all other areas of the property. We have to consider everything. Yeah. And um, to the point, again, there's that the physical strength you bring to a property. You say, wow, that's your big win. But you want to make sure it's enjoyable for the people that are just regular shoppers. Yeah. How do you handle them? And um, but the. Again, like the, I always think about Marshalls. I think about uh, Burlington. Well, they're not the obvious plug-in. We're not going there to buy coffee. We're not buy, going in there to buy breakfast. But it does draw people. It draws eyes to that property where mm-hmm. they can get visibility and say, oh, well, that's where the local Marshalls is. I would have never known. Yeah. And the, the, the other thing that we did, too, is most communities where you're looking to bring an event like this has some sort of Facebook group. And so you should also do your property marketing and uh, outreach to those folks and say, and, and, and if you've been to a Mikey Mel's, you know, it's very family friendly. In fact, you know, I, 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 I um, have the team buy Hot Wheels and every kid that walks through, you know, if I have enough buckets of Hot Wheels, like a kid that's going to wake up early on a weekend to follow their parents around uh, on a lot, they're going to get a Hot Wheel. So the community aspect and, you know, getting out front and letting them know we're doing this not only to enjoy the cars but the businesses and it's going to bring attention as you said to these other businesses which might not be at the forefront of people's mind you know mike and mel's deli in maple lawn most people wouldn't have i guess ventured to think about why go to a deli at maple lawn but now the whole car show everybody knows what mike and mel's is right so again a lot of uh marketing communication and a lot of planning one thing i love and i couldn't i haven't been able it's it's you know, the Howard County Police knows how we do things and they are very supportive of ours. So much so that they don't feel like they really need to be there all the time. But I wish they were. And, I, yes. and that, that's what I'm jealous of what you have is that you always have police officers at the event. And I think that presence makes a huge difference when you're holding an event. So those of you that are thinking of doing that, make sure that you know, go out to the, the local um, officers and see if they can be a part of it because it changes, it changes how people act, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I probably wouldn't do any burnouts in my unmuffled Camry with a police officer present. So. Yeah, I, I mean, the, it's, uh, it's very, I simple, very simple, very <laughs> simple. Find you first. The yeah. police, uh, at least in, at uh, Hunt Valley or Baltimore County, and it always looks to me like they're just coming around to look at the cars Yeah, because oh, yeah. they're walking around talking to the people about their cars and you can tell they're enthusiasts because yeah. they're asking specific and, questions and it's a great yeah you see a, their car parked on on the side it's a great deterrent that uh, there is police here um but will himself does a phenomenal job and we always joke because you can see uh you can see his head just running uh, around to the first uh numb nut that starts revving his engine in the parking <laughs> will, lot will on, his, goes. will on his mountain <laughs> bike we, everyone <laughs> hears the engine revving and we turn around and sure enough we see this head just running around yeah. uh to uh uh to wherever the noise was um uh to make sure that we don't lose a lot and yeah. so it's uh <clears throat> and once you become a regular you know that just be cool. Don't well, uh, don't do anything. There's a few things here. It's the fact that you had talked about new folks are the ones that may be more apt to cause cause issues. A lot of our clubs, and again, through now 13 years of Hunt Valley Horsepower, we've built enough tenure with these clubs, and they understand the value to self-police. 
to the fact that it is normally those one timers. Maybe it's an out of state per, you know person that may may have traveled. We've had people travel from I think Sun Valley, California. Wow. Uh, North Carolina, a full Corvette club. Um, a BMW club came from Illinois. And I'm thinking, wow, these people, they're the first people that I'll address, you know, as a good welcoming. But also the idea of the whole picture. It's not a show off. It's not a one person show. It's all about the family. It's all about the community. It's all about sustainability. So, yeah, now it's about 605 Saturdays in. You know, I think a lot of the locals, a lot of the region, really get the idea mm-hmm. to a point even where you know kind of growing outside of hunt valley other communities will ask me and say hey how do you do this and um you know out of texas even locally and you know i tell people hey does your area need it and again when i started it there wasn't a cars and coffee within 40 miles i need it just it was a, a draw and it wasn't meant to be a full-time job which it is now but that was another story um but to that point the the people needed it and again, the find that right property, perfect. Great interstate access. Uh, I would say um, merchants that had great reputations, uh, you know, big brand names that were, uh, you know, comfortable for everybody. It's like, oh, yeah, I know those guys. I can, I already know what to order when I, you know, drop in on Pete's coffee. And, um, and again, the, the market, you know, the management team for the property, they had that belief system and they're running, you know, hard after it now. And, um, to a point where even in their 50th anniversary, that was one of their most proud things from the property perspective to say that Hunt Valley Horsepower, it's one of the best things we've ever done for the community. And, um, you know, again, it's just showing that value. And, uh, you know, that's it. I mean, just smiles everywhere. Take all the stress out of it. But when the things happen, you're running to it. Absolutely. I know Manny loves it when he sees me, you know, he hears like an engine or somebody's honking on a horn or something like that. I'm right to it. Or maybe a Fiat. But you know, backs into a forerunner. Oh, I'm right to it. I'm right to it. But but you both you, both of you do, and I notice, uh, and it sends a great message, and it's, it's very um, uh, you do it very nicely, but you send a message, and that's uh, you're there when the people come in, and you're waving to them, or you stop and you say hi to them in the car, but it's also letting them know uh, there's a sheriff here, so it's not the wild wild west. You can't do anything you want, so. You, you've seen my face. You know who I am. Just remember that. Um, and I think that goes a long way because if you, I go to all the cars and coffees and you have no idea who's in charge yeah, or who's running the yeah. show. And uh, at both these, the booth stands on the corner. You can't miss them uh, and uh, waves everyone. Um, you know, isn't, isn't pointing his finger saying, behave yourself, just no. waves. But gets, that also sends a message. A presence. That, that, yes, that, yeah. that uh, someone's in charge of the event. And, uh, and so if you're planning your own event, I think uh, being involved that way, it, it goes a long way to let people know that there is someone that's going to be answering for your uh, misdeeds. Let me, let, me, let me ask you this one, Will, because yeah. as event organizer, we probably have gone through this cycle. When at first, you know, when you were starting out, so to speak, like you were doing everything and hoping everything that the world would come to your event. But nowadays, yeah. now that things are kind of running and it's at a... Uh, I don't want to say autopilot, but what's your sweet spot? Like, what's the number of cars on the weekend that you think is a comfortable, good flow? Because you're, I would imagine you're like me. I'm not chasing a record anymore. Like, I don't no, want a thousand never. cars. I don't want, you know, I don't want 600 cars. I want a nice flow of cars so that there isn't a two mile backup on 29 or 95. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I'll tell you, you know, when, when it started in 2012, just there was so much space. 
there might have been, I think there are 200 cars that showed up at that first morning, March 31st. And as a BMW owner, the BMW club went, they heard about it, and all of a sudden, 50 out of those 200 were BMWs. Oh, it's just going to be a BMW show. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, that's <laughs> not the point. But, uh, you know, it's really to a point of, you know, driving everybody that's respectful. And uh, it doesn't matter if you're driving a Ford, Fiat, Ferrari, you know, a Porsche, or, you know, a Panda. It doesn't matter. You know, I want to have, you know, great people before great cars because it's those people that will sustain the community. And in the beginning, that 200 all of a sudden went down to about 50 or 60. Mm. And then that year, that was about 3,000 cars that first year. Second year, 2013, 5,400. Um, the next year, 7,800. And so that looked like a nice, you know, nice smooth ride. And then by the third anniversary or the fourth year, 12,000 cars arrived. And that's the year in 2015 when 3,000 cars arrived mm. for that morning. Mm. And the property management are standing on the roofs. They said, this looks like a halftime at the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> with the people coming down the escalators because yeah. they were parking on the northern deck on the northwest side all the way behind the movie theater before all the grand development was there. And I uh, really came down to a point of, well, that's when we have to stop having anniversaries. So that was the first blockade. Mm -hmm. And then some of the local folks said, ooh, are they continuing? Mm -hmm. No, this is sustainability. So no fourth anniversary. But it came down to a point where it might have averaged 60 cars that first year. But now on a nice weather day, you know, we can get, you know, 700 to, you know, 1,200 cars. Oof. And people don't see the bowl, you know, beyond where they're parking. Right. You know, there's so many other pockets of involvement. And I don't want to put stress on any other merchants that don't yeah. have a direct connection. Right, right. So that's when it hit about 700. I pulled back all of the social media. You're going to notice that oh, you yeah. know, a lot of my Facebook stopped. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, back in 2017 at SEMA, I see you wearing the shirt. You know, that was for the RPM Act where I went out to SEMA and uh, was walking to Mike Levitus. I know you had him on the podcast mm -hmm. last week. And uh, I saw all these TVs and I'm thinking, wow, what is this? I said, don't get rid of this guy. It was Matt Farah. He was on the television. And then Randy Post, I said, don't get rid of this guy. And uh, amazing. They walked over and said, well, who are you? I said, my name's Will Hunt Valley Horsepower. Tell us your story. Okay. They heard enough. Come back in a half an hour. I went to talk to Mike Levitus, TPC again, showing off his DSC Sport uh, products. And I said, Mike, there was, I think, TV guys that were interested in what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm going over there after you. Well, half an hour into that conversation, they said, well, we checked everything out. I had a nice little conversation with Jimmy Houston. They're a big fisherman who had been represented by them for 40 years. And they said, did you know Jimmy Houston? I said, no. Well, how'd you start up a conversation? We made a little film for my brother. He's a big fisherman mm. up in the Poconos. And uh, so you didn't know him. Who are you? And it came down to a point of them saying, we want to put you on TV yesterday. Oh. And it would have been Hunt Valley Horsepower all over the TV. Well, what would that have done in 2017 yeah. to our, our community? Oh, yeah. And, you know, for a public access private property, it would have imploded it. Yeah. We have an event, um, Treffin actually, that we, we do do social media posts and everything, but it sells out so quickly that it's kind of like In how much minutes, minutes, yeah. how, how much marketing does it really need? Yeah. Right? And, and I think, you know, 
as people organizing these events, like we have to look at the bigger picture and say, you know, can we maintain the quality with the size that's coming about? And you have to adjust your marketing, as you said, where, you know, we don't tell as many people and then only the diehards come and then, you know, it's a smoother event, you know, it's the quality of cars and um, yeah, cause it, it can get too much and, and you could unravel, you know, such, such a great thing. Um, question for you is what do you think our future in, in holding these are okay. going to be like? Well, I think in an era as we're in, everything's, if I had a phone here, you'd see a kid, you know, in their phone, You'd hear about AI writing their home, doing their homework. We're so far away from one-on-one -on -one interactions, the value of family, the value of community. I personally don't have family within 150 miles of Hunt Valley. And my Saturday mornings are, it's everyone here, you're my family. Mm. So I think every club that comes out, you know, at the end of the year, I think about 55,000 people come to Hunt Valley Horsepower that are related, you know, you might have a Vanagon, you might have that father, the son, and then, you know, maybe, you know, three daughters come out of that Vanagon. I'm like, that's why we're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's the family base. And uh, we just have to get closer to real interactions. And that's what cars and coffees all around the world can do. And um, to build community, build family. And I, I'd have to say, you know, again, in my time, you know, working, you know, healthcare locally, I know a lot of people moved many miles or around the world. But they can come to, hey, it, it, there's probably a car show near me. Yeah. And they, they ultimately right away have a family. And just recently uh, for Christmas, a bunch of guys, you know, I'd say maybe like the Rat Pack of Hunt Valley. Uh, you know, there are guys that are maybe like 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. And they said, hey, well, come to our show. Come to our, you know, come to our little gathering after Hunt Valley Horsepower. We're going to have a little dinner. And they said, you know what? If it wasn't for cars and coffee none of us would have known each other. Mm -hmm. And I thought they knew each other for 20, 30 years. Yeah. They said, we're all essentially 13, you know, you know, friends for the last 13 years. I'm like, wow. So that really gave me a sense of, yeah, you're really doing the right thing. And oh, I, yeah. it's more valuable now than ever. And I feel, I feel it's, it's almost like the grand central station for car enthusiasts in your local area. Like I love obviously PCA and all the other different car clubs that, you know, I belong to, but when I go to a cars and coffee, like not only do I see the people that are from my clubs, but then I see all these other cars that of course you're like, Hmm, do I want to get into that world? And then you meet the person that has Manny's laughing because that's how I get myself in trouble. But I'm like, man, do I want to get into that world? And if I get into that world, who do I need to know? What can, do I need to look for in this car? And you know, it, it plants a seed in my mind as an adult. I can only imagine if, you know, you're taking like, you know, I went to some car shows with my dad. Like we went to like the, the, the auto shows and stuff like that. But if I had gone to like what we have available today, oh, yeah. imagine like, you know, there was a seed planted in each and every one of our heads about the cars that we drive today. Right. right. So I think these events like these are just doing a great job in getting the younger folks and those that at some point when they have, you know, enough money and they might, might maybe even their daily driver now is an enthusiastic car. But I think those people at some point will, you know, see a, a nicer car, be it a Porsche, Ferrari, whatever they want to be. They're sort of the next generation that feeds into our clubs. And sure. that's why I think this grassroots level effort is so important. And again, not to you know stand on my soapbox, but we need to support these people and make sure we self-police, as you said, so that we can continue to do this. 
Yeah, and I think the, the the ultimate importance beyond having a very safe and respectful family environment at all cars and coffees is the fact that we are all enthusiasts, obviously. It's the less obvious. It's, again, that five-year-old that has that matchbox in their hand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they go home, I just had a picture of somebody, you could probably see it on my Instagram, where they set up all of their matchboxes. They said, it's cars and coffee, Dad. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I mean, that That's awesome. is why we're doing it. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to pay it forward, all generations, but we have to not disregard the less obvious. Yeah. It's the transition. Sure. Where we can say that five-year-old's going to have that picture. Or maybe, for example, Joe Flacco, if he, back in the day when he was playing in Baltimore, he'd pop his head out of, out of his pickup truck, and the little kid was going, <laughs> that. I mean, yeah. just those little things. It's just the the bigger sense of community, but it's also, you know, the enthusiasm we have to pay for. Yeah, and I'll I'll even touch upon, you know, the kind of the older segment, not just the kids, but let's talk about the teens and the 20-year-olds that are, you know, bringing enthusiast cars and maybe modifying them, maybe not. Like, people are very surprised when I walk up to a BRZ or a Supra or something, and I'm just, like, enamored with what they're doing with it. They're like, oh, I thought you were just a Porsche guy. I'm like... No, I'm a car guy. I love everything. And I encourage, you know, people in the club to talk to the the person that's got the modified Subi because I bet you that conversation will lead into a this is what I have now. This is what I'm building, but man, one day I'd love to have a GT3. Yeah, like yes. the, like that's their What's the beauty of a, a cars and coffee event is there no there's no class structure. Nope. And there's no judgment. So nope. how often is it that uh, was it Harvey that brings his Ferrari? Yeah. His, uh, his convertible uh Ferrari, uh, was it a 60 or 61? 1966 275 GTS. Yeah. So this multi-million dollar Ferrari he brings, and you'll see next to it, it could be some kid in their Honda CRX yeah. or Civic uh, slammed down. And to me, that's the beauty that we can walk up and down these roads. And it's not organized like a car show where you have all these cars in one area, all these other cars in the other area. It's all mixed As in. you walk along, it can be a new surprise. And usually everyone's will, more than happy to talk about their cars. As I always say, how many places can you talk to somebody who drove their Model T to Cars and Coffee? And it's a young guy, and we, you know, we actually got to turn the car on with the crank, yeah. which I never thought I'd ever do that. But uh, you know, so it's 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 a great event like that. I know for our club PCA, it's also a great opportunity because you get people with Porsches, and we don't officially park in the same area, but we end up parking in the same area, and people see the other Porsches that are like, "Oh, I'll park my Porsche here too," and they may not know anyone in the community. But by the time they leave that event, they've made new friends. And if we ask them, are you a member of PCA? Or we'll start talking about some drive we're doing next week. And they're asking about that. And if they're not a member, we said, well, join a club because then you can do the drive with us. And, and they realize that we're all part of this club and we do stuff outside of cards and coffee. So it's a great uh, get your feet wet type of it. Absolutely. I have a, a, an observation and also a question first. 605 Saturdays. 605 Saturdays. I missed six, I should say. Missed six. I can tell you all each individual day. But uh, the last two were actually related to our Formula driver, Cameron Doss, mm-hmm. where he was uh, mm-hmm. racing in Italy in 2019 and 2021 in Barcelona. They said, well, free trip. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. So, uh, But then there was also a snow day. I think it was mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Goodness, it might have been January twenty third, two thousand sixteen. 
and there was one in 2017 where I missed as well because it was snowing. Yeah. Uh, but then before that, it might have just been for like a, an Orioles game. So mm. I think you're closer to having spent. So you're like right around one and a half years of just Saturdays in the middle of a parking lot in the yeah. middle of our, which is weird when you put it like that. Like you know, ten years, yeah, yeah. But when you actually think six hundred and five Saturdays, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's that's what the average participant doesn't think about is the dedication that people have to put these on. Yeah, a year and a half of Saturdays. So when that's they tell you to do stuff, park a certain way, don't rev your engine, <laughs> yeah. listen to them well, because it, they're gold. They really are. Also cleaning up the parking lot yep. if there's any yeah. surprises. Yeah. Like we we had a cherry picker. Uh, what time? Do you, what time do you get there? Because I know you put your Instagram posts. Five thirty, and uh, it's well, always dark a, when a you put the Instagram posts. A few of the PCA posts. folks are very excited about my good Saturday morning yell into the phone. It's a little bit more exuberant, non caffeinated, <laughs> mind you. I'm fired up enough about people and enthusiasm. I don't need coffee, uh, but I will. I will take you know. I will partake once in a while. But yeah, five thirty. So I'll get up at normally around three forty-five. So it's like a full day, like a work day in that sense. Oh, yeah. Like eight, eight are, you always the first, are you always the first person or is there somebody beat you there? Always. Well, there's a gentleman named John. He's a PCA member. He'll drive whatever seasonal. Uh, it could be uh, his Nissan. It could be his Audi. But he's a, a PCA member. You know, we'll, we'll get in touch with him. He's a great guy. And he has talked about how well organized. He's been in all the clubs. You know, and I, I won't name names. But he said, hey, the PCA is the best. And uh, he's Sam. He's had his feet in every single one. Thanks, John. Yeah, yeah. John. He, he's a legend. I'll introduce you to him. He's fantastic. But he's the first guy to show up because he loves watching the process. Mm -hmm. And he also feels like my safety organizer because I'm in the middle of this massive football area space, you know, football field space, and I'm the only guy. Yeah. And I'm out there with my picker and you know picking yeah. up garbage and things like that and just talking to security, talking to police because the police will show up for their early morning coffee just as a, as a moment because if there's any sharps or anything like that, they, it's all medical. If there's anything that looks like a CSI you uh, know, experiment, yeah. then that's so rare, yeah. uh, you know, maybe five times out of 605, but they're always out there. Yeah, but 530, that's when you'll see my Instagram start, and I'll do about 50 to 60, maybe 70 Instagram stories. Wow. Because uh, you know, I, I really just want to talk to the people that are there. Mm -hmm. I don't need to use it as a – it's not promotion. Right. It's not, hey, more people show up. Yeah. And that's why I'm very happy with your event because you making it a very respectful community and making it – again, I'd love for you to be every week. Uh, to take nope, some, I know it's happen. like uh, not going to happen. It's like, Will, I love my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a full head of hair when I started this. Uh, but, um, you know, to an extent, we need to have great events that are respectful and doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. I know Mickey and Mel's and with you know, your leadership does it right. So when I say, hey, we got a great thing going in Hunt Valley, get out there and enjoy all the shows. Mm -hmm. And we could use more, to be honest, because if I go toward a thousand cars every week on a Saturday. Yeah. So well, the yeah. last question before we move uh, yeah. to the next topics, um, how many people do you have helping you run? Uh, your event. That's just, I guess, well, it's you, but you also have mall security though, right? Oh yeah, correct. Yes. Uh, assured protection. Uh, they are not contracted to the area. There's one person on the property. They're, they're visible though. I see them. Uh, we try. Yeah. And that's just a nice olive branch because they're actually, uh, their headquarters is not too far away from Hunt Valley. Police are there sometimes, sometimes. I, I, it's not like a, a, a weekly presence i don't see them well unless you know, they're really hiding somewhere that uh, was part of my question actually is so cars and coffee uh type events start you know small 
ish usually and we all they're, they're free for participants and all that and volunteer run usually right. um how so for a free event how do you pay for insurance how do you get police officers or security guards you know when the show reaches that critical mass or whatever how, how does that even work because yeah. i have no clue <laughs> well i'll give you the one example where the most cost output was you know obvious uh that would have been that third anniversary when my insurance company said, oh, you have effective use for one day for the entire property and not just your lower section, which, again, has mm -hmm. about you know 700. And, but then again, you have rotational numbers where 100 people may leave and you'll get extra 100 more coming in. So you might have 800 you know, through that day. But that morning was 3,000 cars. And I had to make $1,800 worth of signs. Ooh. to drive everybody around mm -hmm. the property to make sure everything was perfect mm -hmm. because you respect every single merchant as much or as little you have as you have uh, you know uh, contact with them and i think it was a thousand dollars for 10 or nine security people and then mm -hmm. the uh, county permit uh for nine police cars was 70 dollars. oh that's funny <laughs> so uh yeah it's like a thousand dollars seventy dollars but yeah. we and again we had nine uh volunteers on that day yeah. do you have donations or i mean you have a sweatshirt so you know merch now it looks like. i may well this is actually printed by under armor and uh they just said we love what you're doing oh that's super uh, cool. here wear this we made you something fun and uh they'll give me shoes once in a while actually oh, they're cool. i won't mention but one of their upper management caught me wearing a nike pair of shoes <laughs> and uh and they said will what happened here? We love you repping because they're a Baltimore company. Sure. I love yeah. dealing with, you know, the, the close neighborhood. And um, I just said, hey, Dave, I will mention his first name. Uh, the I had the other set for about five years. I wore the soles out of them. I wore them every single day because mm. I love that connection. And again, they put logos of Hunt Valley Horsepower all over the place. And uh, it, it almost smelled like Abercrombie and Fitch. It was a nice wrapped individual. That's a good point, though. I yeah. just realized this. I never see anything for sale. Never. There's never a charity event. Uh, I mean, I, I know you will send in your newsletter yes. saying after Cars and Coffee, we're going to such and such place or one of your sponsors is having an event, and that may be a charity event. Uh, sponsors. Uh, yeah, but see. the actual uh, um, event itself, I never see anything for sale. I never see a charity. I never see um, anything commercial. Yeah, and that's really the respect of the property first. Yep. Because you can get somebody that is, of course, the new car dealership, the used luxury car dealership, always wants to prey on cars and coffees. And they, there was a point, I think, in 2016 where we did have an issue with somebody wanting, wanting our area to become their uh, satellite sales mm. space. And the property, again, with my edict, they did not really gravitate toward the positive security addressed than the police addressed mm -hmm. and that was the one time ever we've ever had a you know a, a sort really an effective police action mm -hmm. but um to that extent you have just have to simply respect the property and know that we can't have a pop-up coffee right. booth because they're a coffee merchant sure uh, we can't have any for sale signs and when it comes mm -hmm. down to even of course every car dealership what's how come that that private sale over there is okay so we took them all off the board and then i created a uh a classifieds on mm -hmm. my home website mm -hmm. to say, hey, if you want to sell you that uh, you know 911 that 1971 911s again, my buddy, you know, we might have to talk about that sale coming up soon. Mm -hmm. One of my buddies, and uh, well, I'll take that and I'll take the pictures. Send me a description. I'm not cars and bids. I'm not you know uh, you know Doug Demuro or anything like that. But uh, I'll help because we want to take the sales pressure off the property. And that way, when a, a real professional salesman says, hey, can I sell my four cars here? 
well, I don't even allow, you know, you know, Manny, if Manny wanted to come up and say, you know, Hey, I, I have a car to sell. Well, we'll put it on the classifieds. Mm. And it's that simple. It's always a direct answer. But you both have uh, dealers, a Porsche dealer that show up to your events, right. but they don't have a for sale sign. They'll Correct. bring a new car yep. and they'll park it. And yep. they do it very organically. And then people just walk up and are like, oh, what's yep. this? That's oh, all. this is the new 4S that uh, just showed up. And they start asking questions about it. Uh, so they're essentially selling it without selling it. And there's no sign there or anything. They're just coming in as enthusiasts with a cool car. And, of course, people naturally ask questions. And to me, that's very cool in that, it's, like you said, there's not a lineup of cars with uh, four sale signs on them. Yeah. It's just like, one car that uh, they know people know it's new, uh, but may not know that it's the dealer general manager or a salesman from the dealer. It's uh, just a cool car they brought, and uh, it's like the soft sell, if you will. Yeah, that's definitely by design. I think, you know, we go there to enjoy our cars, not to be sold to. Um, but obviously, you have to know that it takes money to put these on. So event organizers will have sponsors. And, you know, if they do it organically, I, I think that it doesn't take away from the experience. It only adds it because uh, I know with Mikey and Mel's, we always ask the dealers to bring their latest and greatest car that people may not have seen, be it the trx dodge or the latest tycon or something like that it's a value add to it uh, one thing we do a little bit differently is we have um, a curated section of cars that i know that are coming and it's usually supercars but it could be domestic or import and then we also have what's called charity row because uh, we do have a organization that we support that uh, goes out and gets food for those that are in need in howard county and pg county and so we have 10 spots it's not anything huge but it's it's basically people can say hey i would love to park on charity row and uh, as part of parking, they make a donation um, or they bring canned foods or something like that. But again, it's very organic. We, we, I think, you know, I can speak for Will on this one is that we're not, we're not tri tri trying to create a commercial hub for car enthusiasts. We just want people to see cool cars. Some for me, somewhat curated in the first two rows and then just have fun be sustainable yeah. so will doesn't and, have to buy and, and seventeen hundred dollars in and, signs and be sustainable yeah. because you do have to buy the signs in our <laughs> yeah. case we have to buy signs we have a dj to pay for we have a porta pots that we mm -hmm. want to bring in because we yeah. and we have um and manny you asked as far as how many people it takes to run the event you know i have at least three to four volunteers to help with traffic um traffic is probably my biggest my biggest concern of of the day is making sure that we don't create a hardship for the community. Um, so yeah, yeah. No, I want to. I'll say one quick thing about sponsors. It's really, I started Hunt Valley Horsepower with zero mm -hmm. uh, idea of saying, "Hey, I'm going to draw any sponsors." It was just simply community, and it was you know the more respected folks, and a lot of them you've had in this chair. Uh, you know those folks. You know again mm -hmm. like Mike and like Bob. You know from Ad Speed. You know Mike mm -hmm. from uh, TPC. You know, those guys reached out to me and said, hey, how can we help? Because we really like what you're doing. We, we want to make sure that this is sustainable. Because if I would have took an original job offer that I had from, you know, a, a local sporting, you know, sporting goods uh, manufacturer mm. that might be on my on my chest. They yeah. said, hey, we love what you're doing. Um, you know, have, what do you think about doing for the next three years? And it came down to a point where those job offers were made. Mm. But that same week. Uh, before Hunt Valley Cars and Coffee became Hunt Valley Horsepower, when it became an official business, mm -hmm. um, it was really to a point of, you know, of, again, a large automotive uh, auto, you know, auto parts store said, hey, where are you going to be in three years? 
We love what you're doing. We want you to stay there. Have you ever thought about making this a business? And I did. Mm -hmm. I just, I drew, I said, I said, did you ever hear of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I said, because I saw his college, you know, accreditations. I figured he had that down. And um, I said, well, I'm going to call this Will's, you know, hierarchy of physical needs. <laughs> I drew the triangle and I said, well, these are your sponsors, maybe like lower level, maybe uh, your, your dent guy, maybe your detailer, maybe your uh, window guy. And above that, you're going to have you know, larger staff, multi, you know, maybe more services, and then all your dealerships. He says, well, why, why all on one level? I said, well, everyone should be viewed equally. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to cars, there's not a, a favoritism. Yeah. I love Porsche, and, uh, but I can't have them above Ford, at, you know, mm -hmm. on this platform. I said, at the top, I'm going to put, you know, a, a keystone, something that everyone can recognize. And I'm going to, I put their name on it. He says, what does that space cost? And he goes, what are you, you going to do? He wrote that check instantly. Yeah. He says, I want mm -hmm. you to be part of this. I said, the first thing I'm doing is turning down my other job offers. We're starting something now called Hunt Valley Horsepower. So that's how sponsors. Story, yeah. That's how sponsors come into it. Mm -hmm. It's really only organizing with the best at your side. And again, sure. the people you've had in this seat are some of those folks. Absolutely. So they understand. They directly attach. There's nothing that's not. It, everything's been organic. Mm -hmm. They've always reached out to me, yeah. and they're people that we trust. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Very this cool. has opened uh, the eyes to our listeners of what it takes. You know, we certainly encourage you to, you know, if you think there's a need in your area, you want to do this, hopefully some tips that we've shared here will help you out. But again, you know, my soapbox is to support the people that are doing it and uh, help police. And we want to create, um, you know, this uh, this this gr group of people that can continue to um, provide this to the community because it, it is our future. Um, so let's get into, if you don't mind, I, I think we probably should talk about the uh, newsletters and make sure if you're not uh, subscribed to eBreak News, Smart Fresh Performance News, head over to PCA.org and sign up. It's free to do so. And let's talk about the latest tech art video that dropped. Yeah, so um, tech art, if you don't know them, is an aftermarket company that makes aftermarket parts for Porsches. Um, but it's not, you know, usually something you can just buy off the shelf. You know, they'll, you can go to them and buy parts individually, but you're not going to find it at your advanced auto parts or whatever, you know, and oftentimes they make full cars, complete packages from engine tuning, um, suspension, uh, tuning and, and parts. And in this case, it was a carbon fiber arrow kit for the 992 GT3. Um, and just a little background, I like an understated look. I'm not somebody who wants to, you know, have everybody looking at me when I drive up. Like, my Porsche came in, it's silver, you see them everywhere. I like that. And tech art is like the exact opposite. Now, if you imagine, if you're watching uh, this on YouTube or have seen the YouTube video, it's Ruby Star, so the paint itself is very loud. But I would argue that the carbon fiber aero kit package is really understated and um this car was actually the first car to have car, uh, tech arts what's it called rear spoiler three which is the ducktail and it looks really good it looks factory i think that's mm -hmm. what they did a good job yeah and mo not, most tech cards don't look like that it's not like very, a gambella where you're like there's no way porsche did this yeah. this is aftermarket yeah and think about that car and from ruby star if it were black man you would have to really look hard to see what's going different and that's what i like so it's wind tunnel tested 
Um, and uh, it, it's a body kit, so suspension here is stock. Uh, the wheels are tech art wheels, actually. Um, and this car also doesn't have the tech art interior yet, I guess. So it's it's just a really um, showing off their, their new body kit. And um, I think it looks fantastic. So if, if you like that sort of thing, um, watch that video and see what they offer. And uh, you don't have to have a GT3 for all of these parts. I believe you can put the aero kit, except for maybe that front, you know, um, air intake, which is GT3 mm -hmm. specific. You can put a lot of that stuff onto other uh, other models in uh, Porsche's range. Now, I've had the opportunity to uh, spend a lot of time with uh, the tech art folks. I've been to their factory just out of Stuttgart. And, you know, as, as Damon said, they are a sort of, say, aftermarket tuner. Uh, when a GT3 is not wild enough, when a GT2 is not wild enough, they really do take it to the next level. And typically, their builds are, like, attention-grabbing, in-your-face. Yeah. And there's there's a segment of people that, you know, they want more mm -hmm. something that's even more wild than a GT3 RS. And that's mm -hmm. where TechArt is uh, right up their alley. But with this build, as you said, I think it's very subtle. Um, I love the ducktail. What I will tell you is I've, I've gone through their factory and, and you talked about them wind tunnel testing. They take every piece that they're putting on a Porsche serious like Porsche. They're not just doing it for looks. They're wind tunnel testing. They're doing durability did testing. Did you say what, what wind tunnel to use? Uh, you know, he I, did. I don't know, it, I don't know if and that... is it full scale or quarter scale? It's full scale. So they're yeah. actually shots in the video. I think there's a uh, university near Stuttgart or something that Porsche that has, used to use that has a full yeah, scale Yeah, it's, it's a really tunnel. nice wind tunnel with a rolling road wind tunnel. So, you know, it simulates the effects of the car driving over a road, not just being stationary with air yeah. flowing over it. So, um, and there are shots, I want to say, probably in the, you know, 11 or 12 minute area of, of their wind tunnel testing. It doesn't have the ducktail. They have the, the rear spoiler too, which looks like a normal... So it's extendable a, spoiler. It's a with proven spoiler. It's not something that looks pretty in there. Yeah, exactly. They're maintaining the balance of the car. Which... Aerodynamically, it works. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not going to screw the balance up. And I didn't easy. realize this, and I saw this when I was at the factory, but I guess that makes sense. Is there is software where they start their initial design and you run it through the simulation software to you know, get close, right? But then, because the amount of time you spend in a wind tunnel, it's very costly, so yeah. they want to make sure that when they are there, yeah. But if you're are, watching YouTube, there it is in, on yeah. YouTube. Your um, and that's the rear spoiler too. No ducktail on this particular car, but the rest of the arrow kit is in there. Very cool stuff. Yep. All right, let's get into the news, Manny. Let's uh, first up talk about the Targa. Well, uh, before we do that, uh, as you're listening to this, Tech Tactics Live will have been recorded. Mm. Uh, it's um, about uh, hiring a car appraiser. And we have Doug Eman, who's a cars and coffee regular. Great guy. With uh, his many different cars. Long time, almost a 25-year PCA member. And I think he told me like a couple thousand appraisals he's done in yeah. his life. Um, and and it's uh, I, we get a lot of phone calls here at the office about appraising a car. And uh, I asked Doug to come on so he could tell us exactly what an appraiser does, how to hire an appraiser, what to look for. How an appraiser can help you. Uh, one of the things is the diminished value. If your car's in an accident, he can help get the most money um, from the insurance company in a diminished value uh, type of situation. So, um, uh, yeah, if you can, go to our YouTube channel and just hit live or uh, our current videos, and you'll see uh, the Tech Tactics live. So, on to the news. Uh, 
spy shots on a new uh, 2025 Targa. Um, for a casual viewer, it looks nothing different than previous Targas, uh, which is Porsche's way. But one of the big things is it just looks like it's a hybrid uh, model, mainly because there's a sticker on the car. I think a yellow or green sticker. Yeah, it's a that, yellow sticker on the rear window. Yeah, that identifies it as a, mm -hmm. uh, a hybrid or electric. Uh, you see the little bit of the sticker on the, uh, if you're watching YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, to me, that was the most exciting part of this, uh, this story is, um, that they're already testing the cars out there with the hybrid. And when we were talking with, uh, having our meeting with the Porsche folks about Tech Tactics East, one of the things we wish we could talk about, but they don't have any information yet is about the new hybrid. So hopefully by, uh, this time next year, maybe we can have someone from Porsche tell us all about the new hybrid system. We'll know all about it by then, but. You're starting to see uh, more and more of their new 911s going to have that sticker on it as they transition to hybrids. All right. Next up, we have some news uh, with regards to Pirelli and P0. Yeah, they're uh, they're a sponsor for Tech Tactics Live, but beyond that, uh, they are heavy in development with uh, uh, Porsche on the Cayenne. And this is pretty cool because when you're shopping for tires, um, uh, uh, simply getting OEM isn't because Porsche picked the cheapest tire they could put on the tire on the car to save money. There's a lot of development work that goes, and if you talk to the uh, tire manufacturer, they'll tell you what a pain in the butt Porsche can be with the demands as to what they want their tires to do and how they want it to feel. So there's a lot of work that goes on to it. Um, the Michelin does the same thing, and I think Goodyear even has to um, uh, work with Porsche to get that end uh, spec. So, um, yep. Yeah, um, but the new Cayenne, and not only is it a new Cayenne, but the tires are also new from Pirelli for this uh, Cayenne. So, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be. I got a hot lap with uh, one of the instructors in the Cayenne GT at Spa, and they were shod with uh, street Pirelli tires. And my goodness, I've never like. But really, was turbo, it a... you said Turbo GT? Turbo GT. Yes, street tires, Trofeo R's, I believe, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Damon and I got the ride drive it at Snowden River Parkway. <laughs> so that's about the same as Spa. Yeah, about for, the for, same as for us mere mortals that can't name drop that, tracks. I didn't mean that to be a flex, but uh, now uh, that I'm thinking about it in yeah. hindsight, that's a pretty darn well, anyways, good flex. Anyways, I was cruising along Lamar. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Moving along. Move along. Uh, let's talk about uh, Porsche uh, and consulting. Yeah, I just thought this was cool because uh, uh, Porsche is more than just uh, the car manufacturer. They have a lot of different divisions. A lot of them are in Atlanta um, um, headquarters. They when they built the, the Atlanta headquarters, they wanted to also consolidate all their different businesses. And Porsche Consulting is uh, one of them. And they're like one of the largest consulting firms in Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they moved to a new headquarters in. Uh, in Germany, uh, which is the Porsche Design Tower. Uh, it's, uh, in consulting, that's where things like maybe the Harley V-Rod engine would be. I think engineering. Engineering. Uh, yeah. and I think yeah. all-wheel drive systems for yep. a certain Swedish SUV years ago. Yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff that you, we probably never see I, or realize that I don't behind. remember the percentage or the dollar amount, but I remember someone mentioning how like, you know, you think Porsche and, and the business and the amount of money that they bring about by making cars. But I remember there was some staggering figure where Porsche Consulting was, I don't want to say it was a third, but it was a significant of, I think this is when they were trying to do the stock options and stuff. And they were saying, you know, yeah, we sell cars, but where we make 
a lot of money is in Porsche Consulting. Yeah, I, was like, I had yeah. no idea. The margins are probably and it goes. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a cool thing is it goes back to the beginning of Porsche before they became a car manufacturer. Yep. They were a consulting engineering firm, and three five six is their project. It was a three hundred fifty six project. Um, they actually started Type 7 was the first one because they wanted to look like they had been doing things for a while, so they started at 7. But they went along the line and happened to be Type 356 was a car, uh, but they did a lot of consulting work for other car manufacturers before they started doing their own. So this weekend I didn't have uh, much car stuff to do because I was actually with the executive council in sort of uh, our planning meeting here at PCA headquarters and thinking about uh, what we're doing for 2024. But I did get a text from Manny, um, unfortunately, with some sad news. Yeah, uh, Herbert Linga, uh, lo- well, going back to Porsche Consulting, he got a job with Porsche when he was 14 years old. So this would have been you know, a little bit after the war. Uh, he was one of eight apprentices that Porsche hired. Um, and, uh, uh, basically he stayed with Porsche his entire life. And this guy, they called him Mr. Do everything. And wow, what, what a, uh, what a life lived this with automotive. He was involved with almost everything aspect. And the cool thing was he actually reported to the professor and Ferry Porsche. Wow. Uh, and there's pictures of him, you know, speaking to, uh, um, you know, Ferry Porsche's father, uh, professor Porsche and, and holding, uh, cylinder heads and he, was was the first mechanic that Porsche hired when they moved the factory from Gamoon to Stuttgart. Uh, he has set up a, um, you know, we, we take for granted now that uh, there's emergency cars fly out of the pits whenever there's an accident in a Formula One or any kind of race. But before then, that wasn't the case. You know, they would cut, bring the people there in an ambulance or a truck. But this these cars now are, you know, you have a doctor, a surgeon on board. They have all this equipment to do something right on the scene. And that's one of the things he uh, pioneered uh, was uh, taking a 914-6, weighed two tons, but it carried all this firefighting equipment, extrication, surgical equipment, a doctor on board, and it could lap the Nürburgring in less than 10 minutes, Ooh. which was a pretty uh, formidable uh, task. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, he uh, passed away at, uh, what did it say, 94, 95 years old? 95, yeah. 95. Um, yeah, but uh, I met him once, I think, at a Rensport and just like uh, many of the people of his age, very friendly, very happy that people still remembered him. And uh, I do remember that uh, he was so thrilled that PCA would continue to k- keep him as an honorary, honorary member from 1956 yeah. until he passed away. He was an honorary member because one of his jobs also was to set up a customer service network in the United States. Mm. So he lived in New York City, but he would drive as far down to Miami to fix people's cars. So along the way, he would get to know a lot of these people who eventually, these same folks would form the Porsche Club of America. Oh. And so he was, uh, can you imagine that having somebody from Porsche just come into your house to yeah. fix the car? <laughs> house calls. <laughs> exactly. You th- do you think there are legends like that in the making today? I mean, this is a gentleman that has spent his entire career with really one company. Yeah. I think there are, sure. Yeah, it's because we know are? a lot of people that I think Andreas Prudinger. You know, it was a standout, kind of just top ahead. Well, look um, at Dr. Frank Wallace. When we met him, yeah. he was a project manager. Yeah. Yeah. And now how high he is at Porsche. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think a lot of people stay at Porsche for a long time. Um, and he was a um, – Herbert Lingo was a driver, too. So he was a, a person who would drive every 356 that left the factory to make sure it was running right and uh, report back if anything was wrong. But he also was a very good racing driver. 
And so he, he won the, his class in Miglia, the Carrera Panamericana. And one of the reasons they would pick him as a co-driver was because he was a mechanic, too. So if the cars broke down in these, like, marathon rallies, he could also fix it. So it, so it was, cool. uh, I mean, just to think that he, he was a great driver and he was a team player because there was times when he was asked to slow down so the customers who bought these cars <laughs> could win yeah. or do better. So he, would, he yeah. wouldn't fight it. He would just uh, yeah. like start slowing down. And let the customer pass, so uh, it would look like the customer one, not not the factory car. Very cool. All right, so let's get into some events here. Uh, I know we were in a conference call yesterday preparing for Tech Tactics East, which is February 24th and 25th. Registration opens uh, January so 17th. So by the time you live it, listen to this, it should open on the Wednesday, I think it's the 17th. Yep. Um, so it's going to be uh, very cool for people who live in the – near eastern pennsylvania or along that way uh we're going to record a lot of this so we'll be able to show it on uh on our youtube channel but um we have some very cool people coming from porsche that uh as always will give uh tech related presentations and um one of the instructors there ralph uh we were talking about you know general topics and one of them was uh, i didn't know my porsche did that and we talked about that. I was talking about uh, rear fog lights, how a lot of people didn't realize they had rear fog lights in their cars or how to use them. And he started, he sent me a whole list of stuff. A lot of I didn't realize or don't know exactly what he meant. So he's going to go over and basically do that. I think that'll be a three-parter because uh, so many people are going to be, I can see their aha face yeah. when they realize because, you know, they buy these cars used. And there's no salesman necessarily who's going to sit down with them for three hours and say, let's go over all the stuff your car can do. And so uh, uh, they may discover something new and the entry fee will be worthwhile just for that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Uh, Works reunion, Amelia Island, which is March 1st. Registration has already opened. Uh, the judged cars or registration for judge cars has sold out, but we still have plenty of space uh, in the corral um, lot. So make sure if you want to come down to Amelia Island, it's a great event. I uh, have a, our friend Paul Gentili. I think he's making his first appearance at uh, Works reunion, Amelia Island, and he's very excited. Lots is, of stuff to see. Uh, is he going to be... Uh, um, perusing the auctions there for his uh, Cayman R or uh, Spider. Or Spider, yeah. Yeah, I think he's looking to do a little bit of everything. I thought maybe that's why he's flying down so he can drive back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wouldn't put that past him. I wouldn't put that past him. Uh, next, we have, uh, again, many of us have put our cars away for the winter or, or just want to, don't want to get all that salt. Uh, so consider PCA Sim Racing, PCASimRacing.com, and get your thrill online, race with other PCA members, and just sharpen your skills while you're waiting out the weather. Uh, PCA Treffin at Sea, over 650 PCA members have already registered, looking to be an amazing event. And as I mentioned last week, uh, we are inviting folks from the Porsche Club of Great Britain. So we're going to, it's going to be an international and affair. And Melanie said we're up to 650, 650. members so yeah. far. Yep. The magic number is what, 1,400? And we get a boat to ourselves? Uh, 1,500, and we get a boat to ourselves. Yeah. yeah so we can yank the whatever country they're flying under and fly to PCA. Yeah, flag. exactly. <laughs> They'll literally put the PCA decal on the side of the ship. So. <laughs> well, they really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, definitely oh, got to get a, uh, I mean, I'm, a I'm, telethon. Like, I want to do that, but I'm also, you will. It comes, comes back to having, man, we had 800 people. Now you're saying 1,500 people to take care of. <laughs> Yeah, like a PC pirates. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, we've got some swag we want to show off. So if you don't mind, yeah, Charlotte, uh, our uh, member services manager, asked me to uh, remind viewers that we have some um, 
Porsche Club Insider. This is Damon's QBC moment. He gets yes. to hold the uh, the water bottle, merch. and you have to go to our web store, um, which I guess we can put a link on the uh, description yep. for the. Uh, if you go to YouTube, if you can, you go to PCA.org, and um, I think it's under the uh, should have PCAWebStore.com or .org. I think. But I think right? you can go right to the website and yeah, the website uh, has it. But you got to um, find it on the website. Now, and, the first time I saw these, I think she had them for uh porsche parade this summer and honestly i was like really are people going to buy these and they sold really really you go well. into membership uh um at the top and then you should go down to shop pca there you go i think yep. you have to be a pca member to buy one though so i i recently i was gifted uh a a mug and one of these um is it like a thermos can you put coffee in that one i know some yep. things you can't yep. put that's an insulated things. bottle insulated so yeah you can use coffee for that but uh the mug all my mugs at home, the loop is for your fingers is like half the size of this. And so if you have big hands and like to grip the coffee mug with it, sell it, David. Sell it, David. This is the one to buy. You sell it, David. You don't have to do the oh, look at this. Finger. A QVC oh. counter saying we sold 300 mugs already. So, yes. So there we go. We did our part for Charlotte. We there you go. We yeah. Remind members that I think she needs more room in the storage room. So she wants to sell some of our, uh, and of course we're still giving away stickers. Um, send yep. a uh, email to podcast at pca.org and you can get a sticker inside, outside, whatever you want. Very good. So gentlemen, we've gone over, but I felt like it was a quick, fun discussion. Yeah. Anything else before we sign off? I think I'm good. Will, thank you for joining us and, uh, we'll see you on any given Saturday. It's going to be nice this Saturday. Will. so thanks for listening if you aren't currently a pca member and own a porsche grab that vin head over to pca.org and we'll set you up with membership if you're looking for that special porsche for your driveway or garage we have the test drive program and again you can just head over to pca.org and sign up there remember to follow our podcast instagram page behind the scenes photos and videos Porsche Club Insider, all one word. And of course, please like, comment, subscribe uh, to our newsletters. Again, uh, we love reading your comments and uh, love seeing your support. And with that, until next time, stay safe and we'll catch you down the road.